What's up, guys? This is Bee's Nest, a pop culture and lifestyle podcast. Thanks so much for listening. You guys have really, really been tuning in the last couple episodes, and I so appreciate it. No matter what you're listening on, Spotify or Apple or what have you, if you can please subscribe, rate, and review the show, I will forever be appreciative. Today's episode is brought to you by Kat Yaniga Jewelry. Kat's 12 days of Christmas sales is still going strong, guys. I mean, depending on when you're listening to this episode, those sales may still be happening. I don't know. They might be over by the time you're listening. But if it is on or before December 15th, you can still hit up her website, katyaniga.com. That's J-A-N-I-G-A.com because one item will be on super sale every single day. Up to 50% off, guys. Support your local Canadian businesses, please. Use promo code Business Podcast to get 15% off. Treat yourself to some jewelry. Today's guest is a fun one, and I loved our conversation, although I have to admit... It takes a lot of turns. NHL Network's Jackie Redmond is on this episode, and we cover a lot, and I mean a lot. We start off with random beauty flubs because I'm drunk with power right now because my hair is washed, but it wasn't always so. We move into hockey talk, her career, the upcoming season. We stop for a bit to talk about our TV show obsessions at the moment, and somehow, don't worry, we find our way back to hockey. We will also get to talking about how long we've known each other, and a few shared experiences from our history, and I just wanted to give you a bit of a background on it because we kind of gloss over a few things in our excitement to chat with another human during the pandemic. Everything is pandemic related right now, isn't it? Ugh. So Jackie and I went to school together for journalism many years ago. And after graduating, we had a super fun opportunity to eventually kind of somewhat work together. She made it onto a reality show on what used to be the SCORE Network. Uh, show was called Gillette Drafted which was the search for Canada's next sports broadcaster. I started writing recaps for every episode on my own blog, just for my own personal entertainment. I mean, I knew one of the contestants. Why wouldn't I tap into that, right? Well, Jackie ended up winning her season. I continued to recap the show the following year. Mike Reed, who you might remember from my first Bee's Nest episode, worked at the score with Jackie and had caught wind of my recaps and reached out to work on something bigger and better. That turned out to be YouTube videos of my reactions to drafted auditioners and an eventual after show where Jackie, Matt Drapel, another season's winner, and I, a no season winner, broke down every episode. It was a fucking blast. It's also where I ended up meeting my husband, Rob Pizzo, who also worked at the score at that time. 
We met at an after party for Drafted. Eventually slipped into each other's DMs. He's a big hockey guy, too. I say a lot of stuff in this episode that will probably make his blood run cold, so hopefully he won't listen all the way through. But that's not what we're here to talk about right now. I love thinking about the experience of working in some fashion with Drafted because I was laid off from my full-time job around the same time, a job that I wasn't interested in at all. And the timing was crazy because it freed me up to really commit to working on projects with Mike and working on the after show. And that's turned into some of my favorite memories in my career so far. It was only a couple of months, but I had an awesome time, met really cool people, and got to see one of my closest friends all the time. What could be better than that? It was great, so it just goes to show you, things happen for a reason. Yes, I got laid off. Sure, the next thing was not well paid at all, but it was fun. And I truly think what I did with Drafted, things that I was able to add to my resume, helped me in the long run. And I met Mike Reed, I met my husband, you know, could be worse, right? Anyway, getting to the show at hand, Jackie is here and she is an incredibly accomplished broadcaster and TV personality. And I'm so psyched to have her come on and not just because we go way, way back. So let's start that now. Hi, Jackie. So excited. I am wonderful, but better now that I'm talking to you, obviously. Oh, I swear. I tell everybody this podcast is just an excuse to catch up with my friends. <laughs> it's a good excuse, though. Right? I get to see you. We dress up a little. I'm actually wearing mascara. I feel like a princess. I actually washed my hair for the first time in like a week today, just for this. Same. Same. Yeah. I washed and blow dried for you yesterday. Aww, I know your so hair game your hair game is always on top so I was like I cannot talk to Jackie with dirty ass hair yeah well you should see me uh the last six days because I it was not great yeah same I, I was wearing like the same bun for like four days in a row yeah you know it's bad when your significant other is like are you gonna wash your hair today and you're like wait why do you care yeah. oh I've been disgusting for five days great yeah cool Oh, it's noticeable. Okay. Yeah. They all, if I have, if I can carve out a half hour, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Like noted. I'll try. My, my claim to fame these last couple of weeks, I bought what I thought was a shampoo bar. You know how they're making shampoo into bars now? Cause it's no. eco-friendly. What? Yeah. I have no idea. Okay, so it's a shampoo, it's like a bar of soap, but it's shampoo, and it's so that you're not constantly throwing out bottles. Okay, I like better for the environment. So I washed my hair with that, and I was so proud of myself. I was like, oh my God, am I an environmentalist? And I blow dried it, and my hair felt so fucking disgusting. Like it had a film, it was so heavy, like it didn't even dry properly. And I was like, well, that bar's garbage now. And I had to wash my hair like a day later. I'm trying to imagine in my mind how a bar of shampoo works. Like, do you just like 
pat it against your wet hair? Well, it, you can do one of two things. You can kind of like soap it up in your hands and then get into the roots like that. Or mm. you can kind of just how you would rub it against your skin, rub it against your scalp and work it through, right? Okay. Um, but it turns out it was just a regular skin bar of soap. It was not <laughs> actually shampoo at all. Stop it. How did you mess that up? I have no fun. I don't know why I thought it was shampoo. It said shampoo nowhere on the box. So you were having a day. You I was having a day. You know, it had like little kind of like things poking up from it that I thought were to like work it into the scalp. Like it had almost like soapy bristles on one side. Okay. So I just saw it and was like, well, that is a hundred percent for your scalp. <laughs> there is actually no chance in hell I would ever try soap shampoo. Or soap shampoo. <laughs> I don't want any part of it. Well, now neither do I. Now I'm scarred for life. Well, your hair looks good today. So. Thank you. I use regular shampoo from a bottle. <laughs> you I can be an environmental label. Another. Yeah. Yeah. But I do stuff like that all the time. Like I once used uh, toner to remove eye makeup, and my Ooh. eyes burned for like four I was days. Say, did that hurt? It must have. Yeah. It was the bottle that says like keep away from eyes. If you come into contact, quickly flush out with water. And I was just like repeatedly putting a cotton ball full of toner over my eye. Just like, wow, this fucking burns. This must really be working. <laughs> I've never done anything like that, but I'm a classic, like put things in the fridge that don't go there, like the remote or like things like I just lose my train of thought. And then like my dry shampoo is in the fridge. Like why? So <laughs> weird. Not quite as bad as almost blinding yourself, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so oh my God, Jackie, you and I go way, way back. So far back. Uh, so like, far back, like to days that I don't remember fully. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't even feel like real life that I actually went to university. <laughs> well, it was so long ago. Not that I want to date us because we're still young. So youthful. Um, but yeah, like we go back to college, like when we were still just lost children trying to figure out what we were doing with our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't figure out anything to save my life. Still can't, but. That was short hair, Bianca. Remember yeah. short hair, Bianca? I don't care to remember short hair, Bianca. Now I have all this long what? hair and I can't even go to a club to whip it out. You pulled, you pulled off the short hair game though. You Stop did. It. You did though. You did. You really did. I wish I knew as much about hair products now, which obviously, like, <laughs> don't base on my shampoo bar story, but I wish I had my knowledge today then because I just was putting too much in it and it just always, it had like a wet look to it all the time. I wish that I had more knowledge of all things beauty and skincare and everything back then. Like, I feel like now teenagers and college students have it all figured out and I'm like this isn't fair like I struggled for most of my life to figure out how to look presentable yeah and didn't figure it out till I was like a full-fledged adult no and I'm watching I'm watching YouTube tutorials from like 14 year olds to figure yeah. out how to do like contouring and baking and French braids 
Oh yeah, I just messaged my 15 year old cousin and I'm like, so how do I create that glow? How do I do this? How do I do that? Like, oh my gosh, it's so, like what's a brow lift? Like I, I don't know anything. I don't so. know. I don't know. Age cousins. Exactly. Yeah, I need to, I need to non-creepily find some teenagers in my area and see, see what they're into. <laughs> Teach me your ways. Teach me your ways. I got to scope them out. I got to start hanging out where like all the cool kids smoke and stuff. <laughs> Do kids still smoke? <laughs> I mean, the cool ones, Jackie. Well, the ones that think they're cool, but maybe aren't. But since our university days, you have carved out quite the kick-ass career. You are like, just one of the most hardworking women I know. You are constantly working on projects. You've got videos coming out. You've got shows that you host. You are in stadiums reporting live at games. You're on the radio. Like, when do you sleep, girl? When pandemics roll around. No, um, <laughs> honestly, I, I, I don't how to even answer the question actually. Um, I got used to not sleeping for a while. Like when I first started and I didn't have like a regular gig, I just worked all different shifts. So then I got used to like four or five hours. But now I'm the, I'm the, I'm the opposite. Like now I need like eight, nine hours of sleep a night. Like I can't not sleep anymore. But yeah, lots of things. I don't know. I just do whatever. Like, I don't say no to any project. I'm always just like, yeah, sure. Radio, sure. Like, I'll just do whatever. And I think that's like kind of how I ended up where I'm at. Like, I never really turned my nose up at any assignment or opportunity when I was like fresh out of Guelph Humber. Yeah. I did everything. I feel like this is a dumb thing to ask because you've been in the industry for like 10 plus years but can you give a quick run through <laughs> of your you're career not, you're like i don't know if she's capable of this but we'll try yeah of like how i started like where did you start and then how did you move through your industry to get to where you are now Okay, so my first paid job out of school was for a radio station, like as a promo girl, so handing out t-shirts and mugs and stuff, um, which I actually remember people from our class, Bianca, kind of reaching out and being like, oh, like why, like asking about the job and kind of speaking to me in a way that was like, why are you doing that? but like passive aggressively, you know, like not directly that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, well, you know, like it, yeah, it's not on air doing something, but I'm, I'm foot in the door at a radio station and I'll try to make contacts and learn and, and whatever. And so that was my first job. And when I got there, I just handed out free stuff at events. And I asked at the time if I could start doing web videos and stuff because they didn't have like a Facebook page. They had a website, but they didn't have any really videos on it or anything like that. So I started making web videos um, for the radio station. Long story less long, eventually I was at that radio station for almost two years. And one of the morning show hosts um, who had been an actress prior to her gig there got a casting alert for a sports show. And they were looking for someone between like 19 and 28 or 30 or something. Um, 
to host the show, one male, one female. And so she knew that I love sports. She told me about it. <clears throat> I went and auditioned for it for like six months, didn't get it. And then a couple months later, they called me to do a show called Gillette Drafted, which was a reality show um, in Canada on the Score Television Network. And I won. Yeah, you and, did. Um, after I won, I got a one-year contract um, to work at the Score as a sports host. And from there, I just started like busting my ass, working really hard and trying to renew that contract over and over and over again. And um, eventually, you know, after covering horse racing and Canadian diving and wrestling and all of these crazy things that I never thought I would ever cover or really had any business covering, um, I eventually got into, into the sports that I really like, which now is hockey and baseball. Mm -hmm. That's short and enough that cover the basics. Totally. I would okay. still be trying to wind my way through like radio <laughs> show hosts. So just and like, then this one time I hosted this show. Yeah. So the Go fabric ahead. of the t-shirts that I was handing out at events, <laughs> like a cotton blend, I guess you would say. No, that's great. You did fantastic. And then, so you were an anchor for a sports highlight show. Yes. It, I mean, for me, it felt like out of the blue, but I'm sure for you, it was like quite a time, like going through auditions, going through interviews. Um, at, you just, you up and left, you went to New York to host like NHL network shows. Yeah. So I, so after all of the grinding and working really hard for a couple of years, I finally started hosting actual shows. So sports, sports net, uh, central, I almost called it connected. It's not called that anymore. Um, so I did like the highlight weekend show. I did a wrestling show. I did a countdown show, um, where we counted down sports bloopers and that sort of thing. That was kind of really the show that like got me places, I think. Um, but I always wanted to cover hockey. Like that was always my jam. Your husband knows this very well. Um, because one of the first things I did at the score was actually, he invited me to do a guest spot on his hockey podcast, uh, backhand shelf. What up? Shout out. Great podcast. Um, and so for me, that was always my goal. I was always trying to do that. Um, and so once I ended up at Sportsnet, um, my boss knew that I wanted to do hockey and I covered some American hockey league games, um, and things like that, but I never really got to go be a reporter at a game or cover the game at the level that I wanted to. So, um, that's why I left because I had an opportunity that I'd always wanted, had never really gotten at Sportsnet for a multitude of reasons, including that there was just no opening for me at that time. Um, and so I left, you know, but I remember it being a hard decision. Like I remember talking to my dad, like, Oh, I have it really good at Sportsnet. Like I have all these different things going on. I'm hosting like seven shows. People know me when I go out, like I'm going to up and leave it and go to New York where nobody knows me. Like, I don't know if it's the right thing. And I remember my dad saying to me, well, if you wake up in two years, at Sportsnet and you're doing the exact same thing that you're doing now. So hosting Miss Plays in the Month and doing the weekend highlight show, how will you feel? And I was like, frustrated. That was my answer. And he's like, why? And I was like, because I want to do more. Like I want to host my own show. I want to talk about hockey or even just sports in general. And so he was like, there's your answer. Like you gotta go because if you stay and that's exactly what happens and no opportunity comes, 
then you're going to be frustrated, but you have one right now to do exactly that. So you should just go. And so then I took it and I look back at that conversation now and I laugh. I'm like, how was I even like debating what to do? It doesn't make any sense. But I think when you're comfortable, you know, things like that, it's scary to be like, Hey, this thing's really good, but I'm going to go do something else. And um, it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. I've lived out so many of my goals and dreams and like being on the ice when Alex Ovechkin's lifting the Stanley Cup, like just stuff that I always, always wanted to do. So that's sort of how all of that came to be um, in, you know, a less long way, I guess, of explaining it. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was, you're fantastic. No, but, but exactly, exactly to your point, it can be so hard to leave something that you're comfortable in and you know inside out. And like you said, like people, it, Toronto, it's a big city, but it's a really, really small industry. And oh, yeah. you, know, you have your name and people knew exactly who you were and where you were from. And to up and leave and go to New York, an even bigger fucking city and start from the bottom basically. Yeah. I hate, starting a new job sucks because you're automatically the dumbest person in the room. <laughs> You know, it's just crazy because you get so comfortable and then you go somewhere where you don't know anyone. You don't have your go-to people in the office. You don't have a comfort zone at all. You know, I had never had my own show really. So going there was like this, holy crap, I'm going to host a two-hour live show. Like that's wild. Like that's crazy. And they let me be me, right? Like they continue to encourage me to just like, say what I want and you can have fun and joke around and like, that's okay. You don't have to be a traditional broadcaster. And for me, like that is something that was really important to me because I didn't want to be a traditional broadcaster. And for a long time, I felt like I kind of had to be, and you do when you're starting out, like you got to play by the rules before you can break them or whatever people say. But that was what made it the most attractive was that I could go there and kind of do it my way and sort of be who I am and not worry about, you know, being in the proverbial box, I guess, that I felt like I had to. And not because of anyone or anyone that I worked with, just I think me, I think I thought that I had to be a certain way to succeed. And then I had this opportunity that was like, oh, we think it's great that you're like silly and stupid. Like keep doing that. Like it'll be great. Okay, wonderful. Do you still get nervous? Like, I mean, I Every time we do these kind of questions, like I have to preface it by saying like, you know, before the pandemic, when we're not in a fucking pandemic, when you're actually on stage, but yeah. you know, back in the studio days, do you still get nervous before every single live two hour show? I think I get different forms of nerves. Like when I'm doing NHL now, which is the show that I host when the world is normal, Monday to Friday, I wouldn't say that I get super nervous but i'll get anxious like i'll still feel like excited in an anxious way for the show because i want things to go well it's a two-hour show i mean we have guests we have debate segments we have sponsored segments and i'm the host so it's my job to get through all of those things so from that standpoint like i get anxious about things and wanting to make sure i've got my head like wrapped around all of it Um, but for nervousness that comes more now when I do things that are outside the studio. So I just did, I just covered the bubble. So I did the playoffs in a bubble in a reporting role, which in my career, like I have been 
90, I've spent 90% of it in studio. So that's like my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But being on location as a reporter is so out of my comfort zone that I was nervous every single time for two months um, in the fall when I was covering it. Like I was always nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But I think nerves are good. Like it just means that you like, you care and you're present. Like I'd never want to be someone that gets so used to what they do and maybe so good at what they do or maybe, you know, not challenging themselves enough that you could just like walk through it without really thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't want to at that point. So I think I'll always be like doing different things and up and leaving and t- doing different jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like a pretty fun fucking career. Um, how much do you prepare for both your, your two hour live show and for doing day to day in the bubble? Like I, especially for the two hour show, I assume you have to go in there just like a freaking encyclopedia of all the information you need to cover in those two hours and then going through the bubble when things are changing every single day. So I'll start with the studio show because it is two hours and it's all live, which is crazy. But I think that prep like never stops. Like there's the meeting at the, in the morning where I figure out like, okay, so we're going to have, you know, a Vander Kane on the show and we're going to do a segment about this and a segment about this and like block out the whole show. There's prep in that way, which is just day to day. But I think constantly just keeping up on the league, right? Like we don't cover just Canadian teams or just American teams. Like we're NHL networks. We cover everything. Um, so the second that I get in the door, I'm reading every article I'm on Twitter. I'm making sure I didn't miss anything from the night before. And when I go home, I'm watching games and I'm watching hockey shows or highlight shows and making sure that I, you know, have my wits about me and I know what's going on in the league and I'm seeing all of the big plays or the bad plays from the night before. So for me, that show is just it's constant, constant prep, which is partly why the pandemic for me has been really tough because outside of being in the bubble, like I don't have hockey to watch right now. I get up in the morning and I, ch- I check out what the insiders are saying and I read a few cool articles, but like, it's not the same. So I've had this sort of um, self-evaluation during the pandemic where I'm like, okay, what do I like? Like, what do I like outside of hockey? Like, who am I? Like, what are my interests? I've like had this like very strange few months where I'm like reevaluating who I am outside of what I do, which I think is important because I think too right now, like we're such an ambitious culture right now in 2020 where everyone's trying to accomplish things. Mm -hmm. And I think I at least have had a tendency to define myself by my career and the pandemic has been a great like, hey, who are you? Like without <laughs> hockey and sports. I'm like, I don't know. Okay. Like I don't, I'm trying to figure it out. Like I'm not sure. Um, so that's been crazy. And then for the bubble, my preparation was just being the ability to adapt was my biggest skill during that time because I would wake up, I'd have press conferences all morning because every team had one every single day. And I wasn't just covering one team or, you know, one thing I was covering every single game. So I had to make sure that I was watching every single team's press conferences, prepping numerous hits for numerous different games and making sure that I was ready to go on all of them. So 
I think the biggest thing for me being in a role that I'm not used to was I came out of that experience being like, okay, like I'm actually capable of more than I give myself credit for because I before was like, when my boss told me like, Hey, like you're going to be covering like every game, like you're going to be okay. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I hope so. find out it'll be great um you know it was just this crazy experience where I think I learned a lot about myself um but I also you know kind of realized a lot about myself too that you know I don't think I really gave myself credit for before so um that was just being good on your feet which I never would have said about myself six months ago I've been like nah I'm all prep yeah and even yeah. after that, you're still just like, why don't I have any hobbies? Why don't I know any- <laughs> what to do without hockey around? <laughs> yeah, break. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I'm the same. I'm just like, what do I do when I'm yeah. not working? I watch a lot of Netflix is the answer. Ooh, what are you watching right now? Um, okay, so not on Netflix. I also, in this time of the pandemic, I've gotten like Amazon <laughs> Disney Plus and Crave because I think I've watched everything on Netflix. Right. So right now I'm working my way through the wire. Okay. Never seen it. Me either. And I only knew like one spoiler about it. So I like that I'm going into a show that's 20 years old. Just like, what? No way. (laughs) That's been really nice. Um, You and I had talked about uh, Queen's Gambit. Did you finish it? I did finish it. It was very good. Uh, really enjoyed that. Like I tweeted out the other day because I never know what to watch when it comes to, to binge worthy shows. Like people tell me them and then I just, it goes out the other ear and I forget. <laughs> so I tweeted and I got a lot of responses to the tweet and I'm going to say 80% of them were like Queen's Gambit, Queen's Gambit, Queen's Gambit. Um, and the crown was probably the second biggest one that people told me to watch which I haven't watched have you watched the crown oh yeah I'm a big crown gal really okay I have to watch it by myself because I and it's not into it yeah no I do not (laughs) I do not watch with anyone because (laughs) it's rather slow it's pretty quiet like voices never really raise above whisper you know the Brits are pretty pretty chill even when they're fighting so Okay. There's not a lot. There's not a lot going on, but I love the monarchy. I care a lot about those kind of scandals and dramas. Right. So for me, I I get a lot of happiness out of it. Plus, like the costumes and the sets are just unrivaled. Did you ever watch um, the Tudors? Oh yeah. Okay. I loved. I just watched it a year ago. Emmett and I actually watched it, and I was so into it. Like yeah. loved that. I'm I'm a big Henry VIII gal. I will watch and oh. read anything about Henry VIII. I, I have so many books. Why? I don't know. I, there's just, I mean, it's the whole thing, right? He's, you know, at once this beautiful, golden, young, fresh king. And then he just like murders three out of six wives. Has these children that just cannot handle the throne. He's got so many relatives that are all trying to kill each other for that fucking throne. I love it. Oh, oh yeah. very dramatic. Like, oh, if man. listening has not seen it, because it is a little old. Like, I don't know what year that show came out, but it's really good. Yeah. It's well done. Yeah. Okay, uh, The Crown is not quite as dramatic as The Tudors. <laughs> it's hard to compute with that. You know, there's no jousting. 
There's no like duels at dawn. <laughs> Everybody pretty much has like the same wife all the way through. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know. um, well, less like, less controversial. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Queens did Queens Gambit make you like want to cover chess now? Are you like, damn, I, I gotta get into that chess game? I did go down like a, a a black hole on the internet of like who is the best female chess player right now? And like started like looking up all these people, like who are the top 10 ranked chess players? And then I found their Twitter feeds and then I found their live streams of them playing chess and teaching people to play chess, chess, chess. And I was fascinated. I spent a solid hour. Like Emmett was like, are you still looking at the chess? I'm like, yes, I'm very interested now. <laughs> I want to know about these people. Um, so yeah, I was very, I actually, was in the chess club when I was in the third grade. Oh no shit. I was no good, but I was in the club. So you're, that was <laughs> you have to be somewhat good to get in the club, right? I don't think when you're in the third grade, they just let everybody in. <laughs> Participation is all that is required. Yes, yes. But no, I did. I, I don't know if you do that after you watch shows. Like I don't just, didn't just do it with the Queen's Gambit. I'm a big TV review reader. Oh yeah. Like I will watch an episode of a show and then I will go read a review of said episode on like Vulture or any of these websites that do reviews. I'm very into that stuff. I don't know why, but I am. I love no, it. I am right there with you. I will read recap by recap after i've seen that exact episode i go on imdb i read all the trivia after okay. I, I do that for movies too so you know if i could like go back like let's say like i couldn't do this as a career i feel like recapping tv shows would be a solid gig oh, and yeah. these people just watch tv and then they write what happens with a little bit of opinion mixed in <laughs> wild. like what a gig yeah now i also i'm huge into bachelor and yeah. now that there's only like i don't know four to five episodes left i'm like fuck i should like do such a fast like 20 minute podcast after every episode because I am so hyped. Like, I want to talk about what I just saw. I want to recap the whole episode. I do it to myself anyway. Like, as I'm brushing my teeth, I'm just like, can you believe fucking Easy got kicked off? Like, what was it? I don't know why I didn't. But now there's only a couple episodes left, so I can't start now. Okay, so another show, you should figure out what other shows you're very passionate about that are similar to The Bachelor. And I totally think you should do it. You should do it on YouTube. Do it on all the platforms because you have to nowadays. But I think you'd be great at it. You did you did a recap of Gillette Drafted and it was wildly successful. I Yeah. I mean you it got me on the after show. Yeah. Like that was a great blog. And people do do that. People love, especially with reality television, just shooting the shit about what happened and seeing what everyone else thinks about that date. I don't watch The Bachelor right now, so I I can't make like a, a timely reference, but <laughs> you should. If you do it, like I would be a guest if you were covering like Big Brother or Survivor or like any of those shows. Bachelor or is like my only reality show. Scripted show recaps and reviews. Like I'm in, like I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. I will get on that then. I love too when people, people now are rewatching like old shows 
and recapping episode by episode of that. Like I'm listening to a podcast. Yeah, I'm listening to a podcast that was recorded like earlier this year and it's going episode by episode through the wire. No shit. Yeah, and I'm like, damn, that is so smart because I'm listening. You know what's, you know what I've learned this year is like anything can work. Like any idea can be successful with the right like work ethic and passion. Like there's someone out there that will consume, especially when we're talking about content, that will consume whatever it is that you're going to create. Um, but I did just rewatch Sons of Anarchy because Emmett's never seen it. So I watched that front to back again. I did a weird thing with Sons of Anarchy when I was watching it like live for the first time, which is I would read the recaps of the episodes before I would watch the episode. You psycho. Why? People were just dropping like flies on that show and I needed to prepare myself emotionally. I was big into juice. I was, I was like, okay, that is so funny you say that because I was just, when you finished, I was going to be like, I'm having a flashback to you, like, loving juice. Was that a thing? Yeah, I knew it. Those skull tattoos really did it for me. Ah, uh, juice. Does he die? I can't remember. No. Spoiler alert, he does. Um, <laughs> I hope Emmett isn't close by. <laughs> no, he's, we finished it. We finished it. And it's so I, I sound dumb now because I'm like, oh, I just rewatched it. And then I'm like, wait, does Juice die? So I would watch a couple episodes with Emmett, and then he would watch like a bunch of episodes without me while he was on the treadmill or doing whatever. So there are, there, I have gaps in my rewatch. There, that's, and you know, like I said, there's a lot of people that die in that series. Yeah. I like to block out yeah. that Juice dies. The junkie doesn't die. The junkie survives. The junkie oh. mom. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Fucking of course. Not my beautiful juice. My dum dum. Um, I was also you you and I, I think we had been texting about Peaky Blinders early in the pandemic because I watched it, which now feels like I watched it like four years ago. But I dummied through Peaky Blinders early in the pandemic. And that show, I love that show because gimme like it, it hit all of my bases. Like, gimme a period drama, gimme thick British accents, gimme crime. And a hot main guy, I'm there. just going to say, a hot lead. You need the hot lead, for oh, sure. So good. Did so, you okay. finally work your way through? Oh, yeah. I think I'm, there's four seasons, right? Yeah. Yeah, I finished them all. I finished Peaky Blinders before the pandemic started. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know why, I don't know how it got on my radar, but it did at some point prior. Mm-hmm. So I had watched all of it and love, I'm trying to get Emmett to watch it because he hasn't seen it. And I'm like, you would love it. Cause he also is big into like, like that sort of show, I guess. Like, yeah. I'm not going to say period dramas, but like, he likes that sort of, sort of stuff. So. Yeah. And I mean, I started watching it alone and then I rewatched the first couple episodes uh, with Rob and he was like, why didn't you think I would like this? Like, it's got all this horse gambling going on. There's so much crime. It's like, the British mob. I'm into it. Like a gang. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good, it's a good show for both men and women. Yeah. I think it suits suits everyone, but. I um, always wonder with shows like that and I feel it on the wire too. So Peaky Blinders, you have Killian Murphy, who is just so stunningly gorgeous. And then on the wire, you have Idris Elba, who is also just so stunningly gorgeous. Every time I watch this show, any of these shows, and these beautiful men are in groups of men that are like not even close to as attractive 
I was like, do these guys ever look at their friend and say like, hey man, you're really like ruining the vibe for the rest of us. Like when we go out as a group, like you really fuck it up for us. Could you just take your tall drink of water ass out of here and like find a group as beautiful as you? Like, do you think men take notice when they have a friend who's just exceptionally good looking? Mm, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I think Is it? <laughs> I like it. I think women do, but I don't know. I don't know if, if I don't know if guys think like that. Women a hundred percent do. Jackie, you are that person in my group. Oh my gosh, stop it. That is I don't like to stand it. next to you in photos. Oh, oh, in photos, I like to be on the exact opposite side of you because it's just too close and then it's like mm, there's a huge disparity. So stop. you're my Idris Elba. Oh, okay. I'm like, girl, you are not coming to the bar with us. I will accept the compliment, but I completely disagree with you. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if guys, I don't know if guys think like that. I don't know. I'm going to start taking a poll. You should. Ask Rob. See what he I says. did. And he was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, know. I don't think so. I don't know anybody. I don't know. Do you think that it's you? Are you that person in your group? Is that why you don't notice it? Honey, <laughs> <laughs> honey, do you think you're really attractive? Do you think you're the most beautiful person in your friend group? <laughs> do your friends ever tell you that they don't want you to? <laughs> I don't know. I just think, and especially like in period pieces when all the characters are like covered in soot and just like gross facial hair and stuff. Yeah. There's always one person who's just like exceptionally gorgeous, Killian Murphy, never has an ounce, ounce of soot on his face. Cause they know, they're like, this guy's the moneymaker. Let's keep him looking fresh. We need him to look amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's glaring to me. How much he stands out? How much he's, he's so beautiful. And I don't appreciate, that said, I don't appreciate how gross they made Tom Hardy look in that. Oh yeah, you're a big Tom Hardy girl. Huge Tom Hardy. He had some weird skin thing going on in that show. And then he was shot in the face, so that was a look. The season that he's in is the last season? He's in, he comes and goes. He's in the second season, and then he pops back up. Spoiler alert, sorry. He, um, I really liked his character, though, in that yeah, show. Yeah, he was hilarious. Character, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Now I want to go rewatch it. I know. There's so many things that I need to watch. And in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, but also need to rewatch Peaky. <laughs> need to make time for all of the shows. I need to just move my desk with my laptop in front of the TV so I can just have things going all day as I work. Or yeah. else I'm not going to fit it in. The pandemic's going to be over and I'm going to be like, never made it through Dawson's. Didn't get to rewatch Gilmore Girls. I never watched Gilmore Girls. Girl, Maybe that I is a fantastic pandemic watch. I need a new show because I just, I just binged through um, the chess show. Yeah. I forget what it's called now. Queen's Gambit. Queen's Gambit. <laughs> yeah, I, need, I need a new one. I need a new one now. Oh, have you seen The Flight Attendant? No, everybody's been tweeting about that. That's with the girl from Big Bang that. Theory, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have not. Have you? Is it good? Is it worth no, my time? I watched the trailer, so I, I would like to watch it. Yeah. I just, Jackie, I honestly cannot fit anything else into my schedule. <laughs> Did you watch The Undoing? No. 
Oh, you need to watch it just so we can talk about how Nicole Kidman is like, can't be an actual human because she's so beautiful. I just, I can't, my brain can't comprehend how beautiful she is. I'm like, you're, you're a robot. You must be because you're flawless. She's flawless. She She does have robotic tendencies. I'll give it to her. Hey, her Botox is not as bad as it used to be. Okay? It is not as bad as it used to be. Did she get some sucked out? I think so, yeah. Okay. I think she got, like, whether it was the Botox or the filler, I don't know, but her face looks much more normal now. Okay, 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 okay. I'll watch a normal face, Nicole. Look Kenner. it out. Just skim through an episode just to look at her and then tell me what you think. <laughs> I think watch her make a facial expression, and I'll move on. <laughs> yeah. What else? I feel like every time I go on any streaming service. I'm like, oh, gotta get into that now. I tried, so I didn't want to get Crave because I have so many streaming services already. So I got like the seven day free trial and I was gonna do The Wire in those seven days. Five seasons, like 13 episodes per season. I was like, yeah, I can, I can bang this out. Maybe those seven days, no problem. Why not? Not even. (laughs) Actually, you know what I should watch? Shit's Creek. Oh, yes. I'm also working my way through Schitt's Creek. It's fantastic. Can I be honest? Mm -hmm. I watched the first couple episodes. It just didn't do it for me. But my sister is obsessed with it. And she's like, you have to, you have to just keep going. Yeah. Keep going. She's like, once they build the characters, it's great. Like, it's amazing. So my sister Marcy keeps telling me, like, go back. You only watch two episodes. Like, it's incredible. You have to keep watching. So yeah. don't hate me, people that are listening to this. But the first ep- first two episodes I watched, and I was like, eh, I don't yeah. know. No, you definitely need to push through to get to, like, the end of the season one and move into other seasons. I could do with so much more Alexis and David. Okay. At the end of every episode, I'm always like, ah, could have had so much more of those two. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm neither here nor there. Like, I don't die hard love it. I don't dislike it. I think it's, I think it's a lovely show. Okay. Okay. Fair. You know? I die on the hill for a lot of other shows before I would die for shits, but it's nice. I put it on and feel good about myself and see this is the thing when you go into a show thinking that it's got to be like one of the best shows of all time because of the way about it then you've got this you've got this expectation situation where you're like expecting way too much so even if the show is really good it like doesn't match what you thought it was going to be so then you're disappointed it's a weird game yeah i had honestly the exact opposite going into the wire and for anyone who's been dead the Wire is about, like, <laughs> drug dealers in Baltimore yeah. and the police that are trying to bring them all down. Um, I had been told that The Wire, you need to push through the first couple episodes before it gets good. So it was right. like, no, you're going to want to bail, like, first two episodes, push through, it gets so much better. I, I was hooked in the first episode. Ah, see? The lower the bar, the better, honestly. Yeah. I was like, yeah. who are these people? that were telling me that the show was going to suck in the first two. Like, this is fucking fantastic. I love everything that's happening here. Again, I got crime. I got somewhat kind of accents. I got a hot lead guy, and I got Michael K. Williams, who can do no wrong in my eyes. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's set in the early 2000s, so it's like kind of a period piece. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of? 
there's like pagers and typewriters. So I'm like, ooh, nostalgia. I'm really in no place to judge any show. Like I enjoyed the fucking circle. So like really <laughs> my bar for television is low. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to, I, I feel like Gilmore Girls is like my low base show that I can't get enough of. Like I can rewatch that series as many. I hate everyone in it. They're all terrible people. But fuck, I love that show so much. Uh, I love hate everyone on that show. That's actually, shows like that I enjoy. I do enjoy a show that makes me either just like real, obviously root for someone, but even just like hate watch a character. Yeah, the whole episode, you're just like, Lorelai, what the fuck are you doing with your life, girl? Which one's Lorelai, the young one or the mom? The mom. Okay, okay. Oh, please watch. We can do, we can do episode by episode recaps. Go on, girl. I'll watch the first episode and then I'll let you know if I can commit to the whole series. It's, it's a commitment. It's a lot. So I hope for your sake that there's still a bit of a break coming down the pipeline so you can work your way through and then like go back to work. Because I know we got super sidetracked. With all of our show talk. How did that, that show conversation's getting cut? For sure. Absolutely not. There were really important points made there. I need to know what people think about beautiful people in their friend group, men specifically. Um, <laughs> you are one of my hockey insiders. I know you said you like to keep track of them, but you're mine. So tell me what's going on with hockey. I feel like by the time this podcast gets posted, it already be old news or incorrect. But tell me right now, what's the plan? Yeah, my favorite thing will be when you post this and you actually say when you post it, this was recorded prior to blah, blah, blah. And then some dimwit on social media <laughs> still goes out of the way to like tweet me or Instagram me being like, you said meh, 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 meh. And I just want to be like, just read, just read. Yeah. You don't know anything about hockey, Jackie. God. <laughs> Who do you think you are? You said uh, they were going to start on the 13th. They started on the 14th. Oh my God, how embarrassing for you. Here you be how dare you um yeah I mean that's pretty much it right like I get up every day and I'm like when's the season starting and right now they're aiming for January 13th so hopefully that actually happens it seems like they're trending in the right direction for that to happen but with everything with COVID like I will believe it when it is 100% we're dropping the puck on January 13th hopefully they do because then I'll have structure in my life again (laughs) and I'll get to go back to the States and start having an actual schedule. So um, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm super excited about the Canadian division, which is all but a guarantee to happen. So it'll be different, but it'll be fun. And there'll be fewer games, which a lot of people don't like. I actually like that. I think it makes every game that much more important, which makes the passion and intensity that goes into the games up a level and create, I think, a an even more entertaining product because it's not 82 games. Now it's going to be 56 or whatever it's going to be like that makes everything way more important, drastically more important. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be fun, but hopefully, hopefully it happens. Hopefully we can get COVID under control. Yeah. I always make, I always make the athletically inclined people in my life upset because whenever we do watch like a regular season, it's like, why is it gonna be like best of seven in the playoffs? Just like best of three. Come on. Why are there refs? Let these men be men. Let's separate the men from the boys. Let them kill each other out there. Make it interesting. 
there might be some people that agree with your whole like refs who needs them let's just let them play. Let's see what happens um no gotta be seven game series though what are you talking about it's so it much no you need that many i disagree the playoffs are the best like the first round of the stanley cup playoffs is, like my favorite thing in sports <sighs> i like it so it was shorter it was shorter this year right like the first round i think was best of five the qualifying round yeah okay yeah. i i was living for that i was like oh my god it's over already holy shit yes yeah, we awarded it already we don't want that we like want to like stretch it out as long as possible you know like we need a team to like go up to nothing and then the other team to come back and make it two two and like we need the drama high stress do or die stakes you get one game boys one game no. as many periods as you need people will not like this but you can't do one game in hockey because there's too much chance involved like there's too many fluky things that happen in hockey because of the speed of the game and every and the physicality and everything that's going on it would just oh it'd be a disaster <laughs> I know. I can see you just like your skin is fucking crawling over there. You're like one game. It's amazing, but no, you can't do that talking. Not just in the last year, because you did get to cover that insane bubble experience, but in your entire career thus far, what's been your favorite story that you've covered? Who my whole career. So not just, not just bubble. Um, Hmm. Okay, so I always say this, and it's such a cheesy answer, but it's the truth. Like, my first Stanley Cup final, to me, was the most special just because I'd always wanted to cover hockey. And then I had this moment. It was 2018. It was my first season at NHL Network. And I was legitimately eight feet away from Alex Ovechkin when he lifted the Stanley Cup. And it was the first moment of my career where in the moment I actually stopped myself and was like, holy shit, I actually did it. Like I actually did it. And I think in hindsight, we do that a lot. We look back and we're like, oh my gosh, like I'm so proud of like what I did or whatever, whatever. I actually did it in the present moment. And so for me, it just stands out as something where it's like, um, I can, I can flip right now. Like I can put myself right back in that moment where I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I wish I could go tell like my 10 year old self that I'm going to be doing this one day because I did it and I'm here. And it was so special because it was my first one, but also I was such a big Alexander Ovechkin fan when he first came into the league and everyone was like, Crosby, Ovechkin, like, meh, like who's better? I was always like, ah, Ovi's way more entertaining. Like I was so team Ovi all the time. So it was just special in that way too, that it would be him because I was such a huge fan before in the business. Um, so that's probably, that's my favorite like moment, I would say. Yeah. For I love, I love that you and Ovechkin were probably at the same time. Like, holy shit, I did it. <laughs> yeah. On two very different, like, <laughs> levels. Look yes. at each other, fucking finger guns. Like, us. Look at us. Who would have thought? We made it. We made it. Oh, it's so funny. So <laughs> funny. I hope you break uh, Gretzky's record. Do you ever talk to Pizzo about that? Do I ever talk? 
to Rob about Gretzky's records. Yes, Jackie, on the daily, we talk about okay, Gretzky. You got to fill me in. I know this, this is not necessarily important, but does, does Rob want Ovi to break Gretzky's goal record or no? Or does he think it's absolutely impossible? I feel like Rob would have a strong opinion on this. He probably does. And I'm going to get in trouble for saying, I'm sure he's told me. <laughs> but I just have a lot. I have a lot of Gilmore Girls trivia that I need to keep in my mind. So I can't always hang on to the stuff that Rob tells me. I'll tweet him and ask him. <laughs> hey, just curious. Do you want Obi to break Gretzky's record? or? <laughs> I'm really going to catch it for this. I hope he doesn't listen to this one all the way through. <laughs> the point well, is that Rob is the most handsome one in his friend group. I think, I just think that needs to be said again. Rob is the right. most handsome guy in his friend group. I think that's just, we need to just settle on that. But okay. So you, so you want that to happen. I think that'd be pretty cool. I think it'd be cool. Yeah. I think it'd be good for the game yeah. too. Like I think like, you know, Gretzky's old now. You know what I mean? Like, it's wild sometimes to think, like, there are kids out there that are, like, Gretzky? Like, <laughs> don't tell me more, Dad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they don't know who he, Like, they know who he is, but he's, like, just this, like, figure that they've heard of. Yeah. Or, like, watched old tape of. It's, like, I'll never forget this. When I worked at the score, there was an intern who had never heard of Meryl Streep, and I was, like, get out. Just leave. <laughs> Walk out. He's still making she's still winning oscars you little shit i know i know but like it's the best example i could think of i hate that mm, I, you would that's why i went with that example <laughs> you knew that would great um when you when you are on the ice uh covering things when you're there live even when you're in your show do you have any are you like the the athletes themselves do you have any like little superstitions that you perform before you go on camera? You ever tell yourself like, you got this <laughs> What a great question. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I have superstitions, but I have like a routine a little bit that I need to just step away from whatever I'm doing and just kind of have a moment to myself. Mm -hmm. And I usually in that moment sort of like out loud might rehearse like what I'm gonna say or like go like, play it out in my brain well not in my brain like out loud to myself like pretend to have the interview and I'm playing like both parts of the interview and I'm just like doing sort of this like dress rehearsal of what's about to happen um I do that sometimes even just with my stand-ups like when I'm not doing an interview I just kind of it's the best way I can hash it out like I can write a script out it won't do anything for me but if I write it as I speak it and just memorize it I do way better. So there's that. Um, and then also I just need like to not talk to anybody, like have a real conversation with any, anybody Ooh. for like four or five minutes before, which is, can be tough if you're in a busy environment where someone can just approach you and be like, even, you know, different crews, right? Like a camera guy or a producer. Or whatever. So sometimes I'll be like, I just need you like not to talk to me for like four minutes so I can like, I can't talk about, you know, I can't talk about the wire right now. I need to think about, you know, what I'm about to do. And if I talk about the wire, I'm going to forget what I'm about to do. And then I'm going to just go blank in this interview. So I have this weird, like I need to clear my head right before. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Asshole. 
No, I, I mean, you know, talking about that athletes have their own superstitions. I've always heard that you're not like allowed to talk to the goalie before a game. Yeah. Game day. No goalie talk. Yeah. That's outrageous. See, I would be the dumb dumb who's just like, Oh my God, did you guys see the wire last night? I can't believe who got killed. It's crazy. And everybody's like, <laughs> he's talking to the goalie. Oh my God. Get her out. Get her out. <laughs> Tackle my ass down. Just like, no. Just want to know what he thinks about Wallace. <laughs> oh, you know what I do do? When I'm writing notes during a game, I or like, um, like a script of some kind, like during a game, I won't write the score. I don't know if that's a superstition, but like, I don't write it. Just in case you could influence it. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a weird thing. I don't know. I don't even know why I do that, but I don't actually, I just put blanks. I just draw lines. Yeah. I like that. Do you ever, I've asked this to, to other people who work in sports and it's such a stupid question. Like I'm not, I don't think like this is my piece of resistance. I'm not just like going to hit her with my 2020 question. I think it because it hits in my mind when I'm interviewing people who go on to do like great things. Like if you interview an actor and then like, I'm talking like five years later, they win an Emmy and I'm sitting here like, did I help in any way with that? Um, a push from me. Do you ever like follow a team so closely every season? Like maybe it's the one that you're kind of centered on that season after working in Toronto. Like I'm sure you had right. to cover the Leafs a lot. Like, I, they're not they didn't win the cup anytime soon but if they go on to like <laughs> to like have a good series or whatever are you like man I was right there with them we are doing this together we are a team I will say this I do joke around at work a lot like we'll have a player or coach on the show usually with players and then the next game they play or yeah they usually talk to us on non-game day so the next game they play they'll like get a hat trick or, or they'll just score a goal and I'll be like NHL now bump it's the NHL now bump like that's what, why this happened obviously they came on our show then they scored a goal they came on our show they got a shutout it's the NHL now bump what are you gonna do they were feeling so hyped from that interview they were like, got to do NHL now. Proud tonight, guys. Yeah. We're doing it for NHL now, guys. Ooh, I do have another superstition, but it's not a superstition. It's like a root. It's kind I guess it could lean into that category. Okay. Before we have players on NHL now, we'll talk to them during the commercial break. And I always come up with like some sort of like stupid thing to ask them about to like break the ice. Yeah. Always. Oh, yeah. If I can, like sometimes we don't get to talk to them before, but I will always, always come up with something to like ask them about that's just stupid mm -hmm. so that they're like, oh, okay, this girl's an idiot. This will be fine. I'm comfortable. <laughs> now. I won't look like an idiot because she's an idiot. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I love that. I find too, it can be a little harder. In journalism, you know? <laughs> We're good. You got to get the answer somehow from these guys. I find... You know, you don't have to speak to this if you don't want to because you work with these guys so much. But I just find, like, athletes, sometimes hockey players specifically, can be so wooden in interviews. And I don't know if it's because they get PR trained, like, crazy from the time that they're, like, 15 and already getting scouted. But I just, yeah, yeah. their interviews can be so dull because they just seem like they have no personality behind those eyes. Yeah, I will say that that, that comes from, in my opinion two things one just the culture of the sport like it's such a like from a young age it's like 
it's a team thing. It's like, it's, it's the team comes first, not, not the star or not like the player. It's always team, 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 team. So there's that, which I think plays into guys not wanting to seem like they're like talking themselves up or making it about them. Like you ask a player about their teammate, they'll talk for days. You ask them about them and it's like the most boring, dull answer that you will ever get. Um, and then I also think like, and this isn't just hockey, this is just in general across the board in sports. We ask the same questions over and over and over again. And I'm not saying that like, you know, from my pedestal, like I do it too. And I, I literally, as I'm asking cliche questions, I hate myself. Yeah. Damn it. But like we ask them the same questions so often that it's almost like robotic to them. Like they just answer the same way they've always answered because it's just like muscle memory. You know what I mean? And they just mm. kind of spit out their cliche answer to the cliche question that we ask. So that's part of the reason too, why sometimes I just want to ask something ridiculous or I want to go on their Instagram before the interview and find something that they posted about you know, what Christmas movie they're watching. And then when they are like checking in with us during the commercial break, I'm like, Hey, I saw that you were like live tweeting elf the other day. Like, can we ask you about that? And then they're like a little bit more um, engaged in the conversation because they know it's not going to be all about like, so why do you think your team has had so much success this year? And they're just like, well, we work really hard. (laughs) Whatever. So I think it, it, I think that's part of it too, is that like, when we ask the same questions, it's silly of us to expect different answers. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally get that. When I was at uh, Sharp Magazine, I would interview a lot of actresses for like um, a woman feature of the week or whatever. And I would lean so far away from talking about their projects because that's all they're talking about. So we would literally spend our 15 minute interview playing like, would you rather? And it would just be like, would you rather have super long arms or super long legs? And they'd be like, oh, what? I don't, oh. And they would think about it and we would have a laugh and it would be like the dumbest interview they've had that whole wow. year probably. But we had some laughs, we had some fun. And it's like my dumb little article now online, just like, hey, do you want to know what Alexis from Shit's Creek would rather have? Yes, and I do want to know. And that's the thing, <laughs> I think like, it almost snaps you out of, of just the mundane routine of like, okay, this is the question that I answer every day because this is what the story's been for the whole season or like whatever it is. Yeah. And I'm sure it happens too in, um, like, you know, the press junkets that happen for movies. Yeah. Like the actor just sits in a room and a hundred people come through. Yeah. Like of course there's just going to be like mundane answers because they're going to ask the same question over and over and yeah. over. Tell me about your movie. <laughs> attracted you to this role and they're just like let me tell you for the 50th time yeah like when you got engaged and you had to tell the story over and over and over did it get shorter before you told it because it does for me I was like I've told this story so many times like I I don't know like like we were near water I turned around he had a ring yeah he put a ring on my finger like that's the thing we're gonna do the thing you know Yeah. (laughs) yeah I'm like that with like all of my stories like if you ask me now about childbirth, I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. It was like 15 minutes. Uh, pretty easy. Like we just kind of walked through, eh, you know, in and out. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Well, mostly just out, but. 
I don't know. I wasn't really watching. I was kind of watching Law and Order on my phone, you know? Yeah. Like I blacked it out. I don't know what you want to know. Exactly. That's how you build up the courage to do it again. You're just like, couldn't have been bad. Couldn't have been as bad as I think it was. Like I survived it. So I guess it was still here. I still have working parts. Must've been just totally fine. Should I start like a motherhood podcast? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I actually think if you did a mother, motherhood podcast, it would be hilarious. I really do. The first episode is just an hour-long run-through of labor. <laughs> I don't want to know. I'd rather go in just ignorant. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, no. I read the worst articles you could read. I was like, <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> Literally, no. <laughs> I heard that can happen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I didn't ask. <laughs> I read one story that was like a woman fractured her spine. And I was like, what the fuck? No. Yeah. Um, they do not tell you that at your baby classes. <laughs> yeah, I hear there's a lot they don't tell you. Yeah. About the whole raising a human thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know where she is right now. <laughs> raising a human. That's what you could call the podcast. Oh. Jackie, I love it. Okay, so we got our Gilmore Girls episode by episode podcast coming up. I have my motherhood podcast coming up. I should probably quit my job because this sounds like a lot on top of all the TV watching I have. Yes. Yeah. What are you up to these days while you wait for hockey to come by? Uh, I'm working out a lot. Nice, nice. Um, You know, I, I have the time. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that, especially because Emmett owns a gym and, and the pandemic has not been kind to small gyms. So I've just kind of dove headfirst into that to help him with that. So he's running all these challenges and stuff all the time to sort of keep his members, um, you know, in shape while they're forced to stay at home and can't go to a gym. So that's a lot of work. I spend a lot of time doing that. I am semi trying to figure out how to plan a wedding because I don't really know how to do it. Um, I don't think I'll be good at it. Um, so there's also that, um, so I'm doing that and just, you know what, I'm really trying to just enjoy this crazy weird time because when are we ever going to be like this again? Yeah. When are we ever going to be like, Hey, like, I know we pay you a salary, but you're going to need to stay home for (laughs) like six months. Yeah. We won't need much from you, but for the most part, you'll just be at home. Like, You know, like it sucks. It sucks that there's a pandemic. It sucks that people are dying. It sucks that there's no hockey. But at the end of the day, I've, you know, had all this time to sort of reflect on what do I want to do next? You know, what are my hobbies outside of hockey? Maybe I should get some, you know, like different things like that. So I've just been trying to enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Well, I love it. I have not been working out as much as you, but I'm trying. I took a two-month break at the end of the summer. I took a two-month break when I was in the bubble, if it makes you feel any better. Did that not work out. actually make me feel better. Thank you so much for saying that. So I'll take that. But that feels like a good place to end this fantastic episode. I've decided to review it myself. It was fantastic. Five out of five stars. So, but yeah, it has been so lovely catching up with you. And finding out what you're doing, I'm leaving too much headspace in my, in my little box here. You look fine on my end. Girl, thank you. Would um, you say I'm the most beautiful person in our friend group? Our early days. 
I know. Remember those? I do. And we would meet different people and some of them would be like rude to us. Like, you guys are not cool enough to be here. We were like. I was thinking, I was thinking a couple days ago about a party you and I went to during TIFF and we were talking to some random person and trying to convince him that you were from London, England and I was from Paris, France because you're from London, Ontario. And so he asked where you were from and you were like, London. And he's like, England? And we were like, mm, yeah. hmm Right on. Yeah. I was like, spot on. Spot on. <laughs> <laughs> I have stupid memories like that, that that's all that I have is just that chunk. Yeah. I have no idea where we were, where we went after. I'm just like, remember that time we tried to convince someone that Jackie was British? <laughs> I don't even remember that, but I believe that it happened. Um, also, the drafted after party, we didn't talk about that. I'll do and that. I'll do that in the intro. <laughs> how, like, I worked with Rob and then you met Rob through the after show and through, you know, big connection there. Yeah. Big. And then I married his ass. You did. You, you married his ass. I locked him down. He did. Hottest guy in his friend group. Big Hottest score. guy in his friend group. I had to. How could I not? The Idris Elba of his friend group. <laughs> I love it. I'm not going to tell him that I said that because I don't want him to get an ego. I pay him all of his compliments when he cannot hear them. And then to his face, I'm just like, hey, man, get out of here. This will be a good test for him because you can be like, hey, did you listen to the episode? And he'll be like, of course. And then if he doesn't add something about how you're right, I am the best looking in my friend group, then you'll know he didn't really listen to the whole thing. Yeah. He's going to be like, I didn't make it past that point when you couldn't answer a question about how I feel about Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> I can't wait. I hope he tweets about it. <laughs> he will tweet it sitting angrily and silently right next to me. <laughs> You'll just get the alert. Yeah. <laughs> pop up You've on your tagged. phone. You've been tagged in a passive aggressive tweet. Oh, I love it. You guys are one of my favorite social media couples though. Thank you. It's just like little bits here and there on Twitter and on Instagram that I just always really appreciate. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't want it to seem like I'm obsessed with him. That's weird. Like I said, I don't want to build his ego. <laughs> Got to keep him humble. Ah, uh, Jack, this was the best. I hope you had a good time. I'm sweating profusely. That's how good of a time I had. <laughs> okay, let's talk about our future TV review um, careers. Okay, okay. Let me dab the sweat off my fucking forehead. I am dewy as a mother in here. Oh, I want you to know also, maybe this will be a good promo. I don't know. I'm just thinking it loud. Um, I filled in my eyebrows today, even mm -hmm. though I got my first microblading appointment done a, like a week and a half ago, and I'm not technically supposed to fill them in, but I did it for you. Wow. That's how much oh. you mean to me. Oh, the dedication to our friendship is just out of bounds, and I appreciate it so much. <laughs> I washed my hair and blow dried it for you. I put on a sweater that has like the cool shoulder thing happening, even though I record in a closet and I want to die right now. You're in a closet? Yeah, I record these in my closet. <laughs> Professional. Winning. Right? Just 
super glam and high caliber around these parts. All right, love so you. goodbye has gone on for 15 minutes because we love each other so much and I don't even want to say goodbye to you, but I have to. All right, I love you. Thanks for having me on. Oh. I love it. Thanks for having me on, girl. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, guys. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And as I said at the top of the show, if you do that, please subscribe, rate, review. I don't know. Message me. Send me DMs. I'm at the Bianca T or at Bees Nest Podcast on a bunch of things. Not all of them because I don't know. I don't know what the cool things are. So get at me. Thanks for listening, guys. Check you later.